Hello, hello. Here we are, Brave Enough, the My Story Project podcast, with me, your host, Sam Crawley. I'm a citizen of corporate America, recovering alcoholic, father of four, and a selfish, prideful man in progress. The My Story Project is a collection of folks just like you and me that have struggled, or are still struggling. But somehow, these ordinary people have found a way to enjoy life and have fun, right in the thick of all their struggles. We're building a community here, and we're available to connect with you online. We're real people overcoming real struggles. Each episode, we'll have a chance to listen to a story, and then I'll dig a little deeper with them. We'll unpack their battle, their experience, how they came out of it, and where they are now. We're peeling back the layers of our stories so we can help you be brave enough to change yours. Gina, welcome back. Thank you. So... When we left off, you're in the airport in Northern Virginia waiting for your son to arrive. What's going through your mind there? Now, we have seen that video, so we do right. know <laughs> we do know you weren't calm, cool, and collected. No, I was not. Rightfully so. Um, nervous wreck. Yeah. I mean, just, I had convinced myself he was not on that plane, that this wasn't going to happen. Oh, wow. And then, of course, they bring the babies off very last. So everyone disembarks. You're watching every single person, and then it just stops. So finally... They walk out the agency head, and they were both carrying a baby. So I knew there were two babies coming, and so one of them had to be mine. Wow. But it was just, until they handed me that baby, I truly did not believe it was going to happen. I mean, it was, I look back and I think, oh, I could have enjoyed that. I wish I had relaxed and let my faith shine, but I didn't. I mean, I just, I was just scared. I mean, I was just so focused on watching that door for that child to come off. But looking back, I thought, oh, man, I could have really enjoyed that more than I did. That's interesting because Mike actually used almost identical phrasing talking about when Jenna was adopted. He was found himself being in his head and worried a lot like, Mm -hmm. oh, something could go wrong. This could be taken away. And he had the exact same take, you know, like in hindsight, it'd be nice to go back. That should have been more of a special time where he was really in the moment, but he was caught up. Um and I like your phrasing there because you say if you could have let your face shine because that's – I think that's the only way you overcome that. Otherwise, it's – I mean, right. what else is a human being going to do? They're going to be a human being and you're mm-hmm. going to get in your head because it's a very unnerving, scary, stressful, worrisome process mm-hmm. to go through. So you're going to fall back on that and the only way to overcome it really is to fall on your faith and right. give it over to God, I would think. I mean, I Now, can't once I had him in my hands, I was fine. Yeah. It was like— The second he was handed Yeah, off. it wasn't like I worried they were going to take him back. Yeah. It was, it was a done deal for me then, whereas with the next one, it was not. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about that. Juliana and the process. Now, you kind of cover in the video, Juliana fell into your lap, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally, the, the opportunity. Take me through that. There wasn't a whole lot of time by the time the birth parents asked us to take the child. It was only like three months nope. before she was born. So it was that time was spent going through the agency, getting her next home study done, getting everything in order. So there just really wasn't a lot lot of time to worry about it. But then once they called us to the hospital and we were there for a couple days, then the worry set in because I could see the pain that that family is going through giving up that child. And it was a very iffy time. I didn't know when they finally checked out of the hospital if they would take her with them or if it would be a week before they came back and got her. It was every second was terrifying for two solid months. I mean, Which all happened on the heels of what was 
had to be at that point one of the most amazing experiences you had because you said you were in the hospital room. With- right. They let me room in with yeah. the baby. And that was an amazing, priceless yeah. experience. But even checking out of the hospital, we were just terrified. And we didn't check out to 9 o'clock on a Friday. So we were leaving the hospital with all three kids and driving home from Harrisonburg, just terrified. Yeah. And I lived in that fear for two solid months. And again, if I had just relied more on my faith, and I did in some ways. It's not like I you know, turned my back towards God in any of that, because I knew he, he was what caused all this to happen. Yeah. I mean, he gave us that baby. But well, it that's was what still. I was going to ask you that, and it's interesting you should bring it up, because here you are. You are a woman of faith. Mike's a man of faith. Not only just you guys were raised in it. You're both very mm-hmm. strong, faith, leading faithful lives. You've been through the process twice, but it's still the process itself was so unnerving. Was it a case where, I mean, I would imagine you're probably, don't say daily, maybe hourly, maybe even more often than that, you know, God, please let this go through smooth. But it still didn't remove the anxiety and the fear that came along with it. It wasn't that simple. It was almost like postpartum. I was just such, such a basket case. And even talking to the birth mother practically daily. And she would tell me, we're not taking that baby back. And even when I got to the point, she didn't know what to do with me. She said, okay, worst case scenario, if they're insisting to keep the baby, I'll take the baby back. And then everything will fall into place and I'll give you the baby back. I mean, she had it all worked out in her 19-year-old mind. Mother? Yes. She was like, look, yes. worst case. She was, I'll be like, all right, I'm keeping the baby. She but was I'm taking the baby care back. of it, yeah. Wow. So you were just really in a, I mean, you were in a, a bad place. I was so. in a bad place. Yeah. Man, that had to be... Until we went to court, I was in a bad place. And this is with the birth mother telling you they still yep. didn't, you weren't you weren't buying it. You were. I had seen the pain that that grandmother was going yeah, through. Yeah, so you were worried about that. Mm-hmm. I got you. It wasn't the birth parents, really. And now being a grandmother, oh, I totally get it. Yeah, yeah, from that perspective. Yeah, totally get it. I mean, I know there's many days I'll sit there and I'll think, to, I'll have the conscious thought, man, I need to give this over to God, but it's not always as easy as just giving right. it over to God. What do you think? I mean, what? How do you do that? Here you are, years removed. Everything's worked out well. What do you? How do you do that? And you're in those situations. I think I was living real, uh-huh. and that's how I had to do it. And maybe that's what God wanted me to learn through all that. And that's where I needed to be. Well, you know, with you and Mike both saying in hindsight, that's pretty profound way to put it. That's the way God wanted it to be because it was going to lead to you being who you are today and the wisdom mm-hmm. that came along with experiencing it exactly like that, you know? But that's so emotionally pounding. Like, it's just, it's um, almost torture, for lack of a better way to put it, what you were going through at that point. Um, yeah, there were moments that felt like torture. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it really is. It's like, uh, I mean, the worst kind of tor- torture is when they... People, you know, you look at like war, they torture you, they get into your brain. It's not mm-hmm. even legal, you know, because it's so <laughs> lastingly damaging to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose the true blessing is on the other end of yours, you were left with your beautiful family and right. everything worked out exactly as it was supposed to. Exactly. Those puzzle pieces, as me and Mike were talking mm-hmm. about through your story, how they all ended up fitting together so perfectly. All right, Gina. So I've had a chance to talk to Mike and now you just about how your experiences, how they affected you emotionally, where your faith came in and how they affected your faith. I'd just like to talk a little bit more about that because I find, well, I found Mike's story so refreshing and a little bit different, frankly, than a lot of the folks that I've talked to on the podcast 
Meaning, here's, you know, Mike raised in a faithful household. Um, same thing with you. Great story we opened up with in the first part of our conversation about your, you know, father finding fire lit under his faith through mm-hmm. your actions in a way. Um, as far as you go, as you sit and you look back, how do you think your faith was affected by the challenges that came as you guys were building your family, you know, whether it's the troubles conceiving that you went through and all of the, you know, dealing with miscarriages all the way down to the joy that was ultimately found in adoption. Just Mm -hmm. how do you feel your faith was affected, the highs, the lows, as you went through all this? I think it was definitely tested. Mm -hmm. But through our test is when it makes or breaks us. So by dealing with those tests and coming through, seeing God just take care of everything, it just makes you a stronger Christian. And to be able to help other people through same things or similar things, that if I had not been tested, if I'd had three normal pregnancies and just everything had been just perfect, I would be of no help to anyone. So at least through all this, these trials, hopefully there might be someone that we can help. It gives you an opportunity for a little service at the end of the day, helping others. Right. And there's so many people that go through infertility and the adoption struggles. I mean, it's constant and seems to be getting worse each year. Yeah. So if there's you know possibility that we help anybody, then it's worth it all. Well, you know, it, here the My Story Project, you know, the podcast, the videos, we're really here telling stories of transformation. And at the end of the day, you and Mike, your story is, is a fantastic story of transformation because here you are raised with faith and you had faith, but the transformation for you is trials, tribulations, all these things that could be perceived as negative you've went through together in your life and as you were building your family, at the end of the day, it transformed your faith into a much stronger faith and gave you these tools to go out and serve and, Mm -hmm. you know, live a faithful life now as grandparents, probably more effectively than you could have without all those experiences. It's just pretty, to me, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's amazing when I was talking with Mike, it just really, it blows my mind to see you guys here on the far end of it. To me, that's that's true transformation right there. You can take something that already exists, make it stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't say make it better, but at the end of the day, it's probably what it's doing. Right. <laughs> so, and it just shows if you have God, you really can get through anything. Yeah. Because I can't imagine a marriage surviving all of that without no. the Lord in it. Oh, no I doubt. just can't imagine. You said... You know, you wished if you could go back, you wish you would have been able to lean on your faith a little Mm -hmm. more during some of the darker times you were going through. And then I think you just summed up so perfectly because here in hindsight, you're like, oh, that was God's plan. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, God didn't, he didn't want you to lean then. He was waiting and he was going to give it to you down the road, which it's hard when you're Mm -hmm. going through it. Listeners, folks out there listening to this podcast, you know, they might be struggling with all kinds of different things. I know with, with me, with alcohol, I... In hindsight, I mean, we could sit here for six hours and I could tell you things I wish I did differently, but I wouldn't change any of it. So I can definitely relate, even though, um, you know, with alcohol, I still find myself, you know, who are you going to kick besides me when I look at some of the things I did at the end of the day, um, as opposed to you, which obviously these things were out of your control in many ways, too. So now you raised your kids in church. Faith was important in the way you raised them. Now you have grandkids. What's it as a grandmother? what, What do you think? When you look back, if you had to sum it up, I want the grandkids in the church. I want uh-huh. them raised just like heirs were raised. And every kid's going to struggle and possibly walk away for a while and come back. Yeah. But I want them to have that opportunity to at least 
decide on their own what they're going to do? I, I sit here when I think of my kids. I'm not so much nervous about them if or, you know, when, <laughs> probably, when they go through that phase. I worry about myself. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced that? Did you have any of your kids, did they take a little break where they go out? Oh, and absolutely. <laughs> so what, I mean, what do you do in that situation? Is that a case where you were able to rely on your faith? It just pray. Yeah, because that's all you can do, that's, I guess, huh? Yeah. It was never totally nerve-wracking to me because I just felt like most people do yeah. stumble at some point. Yeah. I know I did. Well, especially um, at that when you get to that young adult age yeah. where, you, you know, you're invincible. You're never going right. to die. You're here forever. This is a whole different world you're living in. But if you have that base, you know where to come back to and you know who to fall back on. Yeah. But Sailor, the the five-year-old, absolutely loves church. Yeah. There's nowhere she would rather be. That's it's awesome. It's just precious to see and to hear the questions she asks already. And that's when that foundation and base is being built. Absolutely. When kids that age, they get older. Because, I mean, none of us, I mean, I... I certainly, <laughs> I certainly had, I mean, mine wasn't a couple of years, mine was, you know, my lion's share of my adult life, but yeah. <laughs> that's beside the point. But kids that are raised in church, it is so common for mm-hmm. them to go off, have that period, and it's pretty awesome when they come back. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what that's like as a parent when they, you know, come back. And I was telling Mike, I think at the end of the day, somebody asked me, hey, what's what's your goal with your kids? You know, it's number one, I want my kids to grow up to be happy. And then number two, want to actually be around me <laughs> and it seems like you guys hit a home run on that i see yeah. y'all i see your kids around you all the time kids grandkids and um i can't imagine a better place to be when i envision my kids right. being grown and having kids of their own so gina you said something a bit ago that has really stuck in my brain you said you didn't think you couldn't imagine how your marriage would have survived or how you would have made it through all of this stuff without your faith so the first thing i'm thinking as i you know, roll that around in my brain is there's a lot of people that might be listening to this podcast. There's a lot of people out there. They don't have your faith. They don't have it. They're going through the same challenges you went through and a lot of different other ones as well. But I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because you flat out said you don't think you could have survived it. So say I'm a young man and my wife and I, we're not, we have no faith. Don't even know what faith is. I guess we'll start there. What is? What do you mean by that? What is your faith? By the end of the day, it's just my my trust in the Lord, and I falter with that. Uh-huh. Um, I definitely faltered a lot through the adoption processes, but um, when it all comes down to it, I do totally trust in the Lord. I know He will bring me through whatever I'm going through, and um, I really don't think mentally I would have survived that last adoption process without the Lord. I'm not even sure I would have tried for the third, maybe not even for the second, as hard as it was, without knowing God and knowing what He can provide for us. Yeah, I probably would have cut off at one or two children, because it's just so painful. But knowing He will get you through it, it's worth the risk. I like that concept. Your faith is just trusting the Lord. Mm-hmm. Faith and trust as basically synonyms, being right. the same thing. Because that's a tough one sometimes. So, hey, define faith. Uh, <laughs> right. It's when you believe you this, that, and the other, but that about sums it up. Trust. trust it's who I am. Yeah. It's, you know, I am when your Christ story. Child. Your exact your story is proof in the pudding right there. Mm-hmm. Here's your story. You don't think you could have got through it. You trusted in the Lord. You had some trouble, some trials, there was some anger, but you came out on the other end and God's plan had worked out Mm -hmm. into your story. Now, let's revisit the young couple that might be out there hearing this. If they don't have that trust 
in the Lord, what would you tell them to do? I mean, obviously it's not as easy as, oh, go just go trust the Lord if somebody doesn't have it. So what practically could somebody do if they don't have that? Do you know of anything you would recommend they do if they're tr- struggling with these trials? Well, if they're listening to this podcast, there's a reason they're listening. Something. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, reach out. West End has so many different divisions that can help you with whatever problem. Just, so that, should they have people like people that could help them if they wanted to possibly pursue adoption for the baby they're going to have? Absolutely. If they were interested in adopting mm-hmm. on the other There's end of the adoption. There's a great adoption ministry right here in the church that can help you place a baby, help you find a baby, help you foster children. They're, it's a huge ministry right now. Excellent. So just reach out to the church. Well, anybody out there listening, you know, if you want to learn more about any of those opportunities, you can shoot me an email, sam at themystoryproject.com. We'll get your information to the appropriate people that are the experts in whatever your need or question would be, um, the folks that Gina's describing here. Well, Gina, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to come in here and just be so open and honest. I know, you know, we're talking about some painful things you had to go through. I have no doubt somebody out there can hear hear this and just hearing your story, and it's just going to help them. And we can't thank you enough for taking the time to come in and open up with us and spend some time with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Gina. I thank you all for listening. And remember, when you're brave enough to face your ugly giants, you will receive the strength to try them. And I want everybody out there to continue to ask yourself this question. Could my story be part of another story that's bigger than myself?